This is News Talk 980 CKNW. It's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And the previews for Murder on the Orient Express make it look like uh, it could be a great film. I felt that way, too, and I was really looking forward to this movie. And I desperately wanted to love it, given the source material, the exceptional cast, and the triple threat of Kenneth Branagh, who produced, directed, and who stars as Agatha Christie's amazing Belgian detective, Hercule Poirot. Now, that's what I wanted, Jill, but I only ended up liking the movie, didn't love it. Uh, There have been many iterations of the story, which was published in the 1930s, first of all, and featured a murder on a train, which in this movie is traveling from Istanbul to Paris, then on to London. It has been a play, it's been a movie more than once, a TV movie, a mini-series, and a movie yet again. Brana is just amazing as Poirot, and he's worth the price of admission alone. A dozen major characters populate the cars on the train and are germane to the essence of the murder. Johnny Depp is Edward Ratchet, an unsavory American with gangland ties, and he's joined by characters played by Josh Gad, Michelle Pfeiffer, Dame Judi Dench, Penelope Cruz, and Willem Dafoe, among others. Each character is introduced to us briefly before the train departs, and we get the flavor of the times with excellent dialogue, much of it lifted word for word from the novel. On the second night, with the impressive steam locomotive laboring up steep mountain passes and impossible tunnels and trestles, an avalanche knocks the engine off the tracks, leaving everyone stranded for the moment. The murder occurs, and for most of the rest of the film, we watch the master detective put the clues together to determine who did what to whom and why. The concerns that I had with the production revolved around the relatively poor CGI work. That's the computer-generated imagery. The mountains, much of the exterior shots of the train after the derailment, and a good amount of the even the most average shots, including train stations, were all very obviously computer-generated, and that left me with the sense that the whole thing was, well, fake. I would just get into Poirot's marvelous deductions, and then we would find ourselves outside the train with fake snow falling, fake tracks, fake tunnels, fake everything, and it was so very obvious. Now, I'm not sure what the solution might have been for that, but the visuals just didn't work for me. It is a good movie. It is worth seeing. But the look of it, not just a little too cheesy, Joe. All right. Good, but not great. Yeah. Uh, what about Daddy's Home 2? Well, this is a movie looking for believers, not one that is trying to find converts. Now, if you like Will Ferrell and his one-dimensional man-child characters, if you like the setup from the first Daddy's Home movie from 2015, and if you like the comedic goings-on around the challenges of a blended family, you'll be just fine with a sequel that adds one more element, two more dads. Christmas is only days away when Dusty, played by Mark Wahlberg, co-dad to the blended family in which Brad, Will Ferrell's character, has married Dusty's former wife Sarah, she's played by Linda Cardellini, learns that their seldom-seen father, Kurt, played by Mel Gibson, is coming for the holidays. They've been estranged for years, but Kurt, a former space shuttle commander, is not a soft hard do-gooder. He's a man who allows the pleasures of the flesh to guide his behaviors, and it turns out that by scriptwriting coincidence, Brad's father, John Lithgow, is also coming for the holidays, too. Now, he's the same kind of politically correct, smarmy character as his son, and all of this, along with siblings and step-siblings who struggle to find their places in the family, makes for a tense and uptight Christmas. Kurt decides for all of them that he will get an Airbnb in the mountainous snow country, and it'll be one big happy family event. And while it turns out to be one of whining, backbiting, complaining, and posturing. Of course, there is a point to it all, and we move inexorably through all the relationship problems and the hurts and the pains that have everybody acting out their respective gripes. 
but it's Christmas and more important things are afoot. There are some funny scenes, one in which an argument breaks out among all the family members, dressed up in resident in a nativity scene, where Gibson's character, speaking a sarcastically bit of truth, says, let's take this fight out of the manger. I may be a lot of things, but I'm not a heathen. And as I said, this is a movie looking for believers. I personally do not like Will Ferrell's characters in most of what he does. He's the producer here, too, by the way. So that casts a definite pall on the goings-on for me. But that's an aside, and that's personal. It is a comedy. It has some funny bits, and uh, the kids' performances are just fine. And as forgettable as it might be, uh, do they know it's Christmas after all? Yeah, I think they do. A PG rating here for Daddy's Home, too, Joe. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have a couple of new things on Netflix. Yeah, uh, Netflix has got a movie called Band-Aid. It's a current movie. It's a Netflix original. Uh, Zoe Lister-Jones is one of the cast members of the TV series Life in Pieces. And she's written, she directs, and she stars in this Netflix original about a married couple who bicker, fight, and just don't get along. Now, rather than end up divorced, they decide to form a band, and they choose to write aggressive songs based on their arguments. Uh, Colin Hanks, who is Tom's son, also stars. The rating is 14A. That's Band-Aid, Joe. And uh, also they have uh, on Netflix The Dinner. Yeah, that's also current. It's from 2017. Laura Linney and Richard Gere star in this film based on the book by Herman Koch about two families who meet for dinner to discuss what should be done with their respective teenage sons who have committed a violent crime but who have not yet been identified on the security video. When this movie premiered at a film festival in Berlin last February, the book's author walked out, saying that of the three films made about his story, this was definitely the worst. You will have to be the judge of that for yourself. The rating's 14A. It's called The Dinner. All right. Three films. Um, Daytime Divas. Yeah, this is on Crave TV. Uh, it's a series from the American VH1 cable channel. It aired earlier this year here on Bravo, and this week it comes to Crave TV. Uh, based on the novel Satan's Sisters, it features a daytime talk show, not unlike The View or The Talk, in which a cast of five women, headed here by Vanessa Williams, do what they do as they trash celebrities and they gossip about their guests. That's on the air. But then the show goes backstage into the private lives where the real grit exists. The rating here is mature. That's Daytime Divas on Crave TV. All right. And uh, if we uh, look at old-fashioned TV, there is something, uh, if you're a fan of Gord Downey, Yes, sir. If you're a fan of the hip, a long time running. Uh, this is uh, a two-hour-long look at the band's final tour after the revelation that its frontman had inoperable brain cancer. Gord Downey, of course, has since passed, making this special even more emotional, uh, more relevant if that's possible. The Coast to Coast tour finishes up with a hip's hometown performance in Kingston, Ontario. And Jill, that's on CTV tonight. All right. Uh, that's worth watching if you are a fan, for sure. Uh, unexpected as well. Yeah, this is a new series from TLC. It debuts tonight. It is uh, slightly on the tawdry side in its presentation, but that's TLC these days. Uh, it hasn't been called The Learning Channel for years now, and that's a good thing, too. Uh, this series focuses on teen pregnancies and the challenges that families, friends, and classmates have to deal with when the unexpected occurs. Uh, tonight we meet an, an expectant teen trying to shop for a maternity prom dress. Not too many of those out there on the racks. Uh, we meet a 15-year-old who heads to the hospital alone, believing that she's going into labor. And that's on TLC Tonight, Joe. Hmm. Who is the target audience for that, I wonder? Yeah, that's a really good question. When I look at uh, the playlist, uh, the channel selection on TLC, uh, it, it's a whole compendium of um, multiple birth families, 
of little people and uh, people who are pregnant unexpectedly. So I guess, and I'm not trying to besmirch anybody's character here, it's sort of the Judge Judy kind of crowd. I think that's who gravitates to this. All right. That is uh, tonight uh, happening uh, tonight as well. Rick, thank you so much. We will uh, leave it there and check in with you next weekend. Thank you, Joe. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.